this has been a big, huge learning for me over the past three years of the value of support, Mm -hmm. not necessarily team members that I've hired and who work with me, but support in terms of coaching, accountability partners. Are you ready to transform your life? This is a no-nonsense show helping immigrants like you create generational wealth, even while working full-time. Get ready to take notes. Here's your host, Socket Jane. Welcome back, my Great to Wealth listeners. Today, we have the pleasure of speaking with Ashley Livingston. She's talking to us from Ontario, beautiful, sunny, and warm Ontario. Um, nice. Yeah, I know, I know. Ashley, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. And in fairness, I am nice, warm, and cozy in my office. That's so. all That's all that matters. <laughs> we want you comfortable for the show. A little bit of background on Ashley. Ashley is, she plays multiple different things. Like one of the things that I believe Ashley's calling is to help people, help mm-hmm. people break their boundaries. She did not give me a script, so I'm sure she may disagree with that. But from my understanding of what Ashley does, she's really helping people break their boundaries, be it in business, be it in life, be it in any aspect that you have you have limitations in or you feel like you're not being fully, um, you're not living up to your full potential. So Ashley, with me further butchering your background, why don't you give our listeners an update, a brief overview of what you do, what are you all about? Yeah, thank you so much. So I actually help people live the life they want right now. And I say right now because the life you want wanted maybe 10 years ago or 20 years ago, depending on how old we all are, not going to assume (laughs) anything there, but it changes, right? And things come at us, you know, new opportunities come at us, different phases of life come at us. So I'm really focused on helping people rediscover their joy, get time freedom, focus on the priorities they want now. And in many cases, I know you said break boundaries, but in many cases, it's breaking old bad habits Mm -hmm. and reestablishing boundaries that are going to better serve you. And really breaking the boundaries of what you think you're capable of and going for your dream. I love that. Yeah, no, you know, I actually love this. It's a perfect time, actually, you know, for this show Mm -hmm. because everyone is in that reflect. They came back, hopefully, from a reflective mindset. You know, at the end of the year, I take the time, most people take the time off to reflect how the year has been, how their life has been. And in the January of 2023 now, we're starting like, what can we do things differently? So I think this is a perfect launch of 2023. And hopefully, I know the audience will get a lot of value from this show. So actually, without further ado, why don't we, we always start the show with, the name of the show is Migrate to Wealth, right? So it's less about wealth, it's really about migration. It's really about migration from where you are to where you want to be. Yeah. It could be in your health, it could be in your financial, it could be multiple aspects. And we look at health as wealth as very holistically. We're mm-hmm. not just looking at the financial component of it, right? Because uh, what do they say that you may be a billionaire, but if you're sick, you don't need money. You only yeah. need one thing, which is health, right? So we want to balance everything out. So with that said, what is your migration story, Ashley? How did you get to do what you're doing? Living the beautiful yeah. dream of fulfilling other people's life and yourself? 
Yeah, I love telling my story because I didn't think it was a story until it became a story. <laughs> that's that's so, all, that's that's right? a, those are the best stories, aren't they? Yeah. So I used to have that corporate job. It was about twelve years ago now. I was doing the nine to five. I was doing all the things that I had been raised mm-hmm. thinking I should. I was one hundred percent living in should. Right. This is the path I should be on. I went to the school I should have gone to. I got married like I should have. Now I had the job. And my goal was just to make money and climb the corporate ladder. Mm-hmm. Because I thought that was what life was. And my path was just a very straight path. And I was miserable. I yeah. was not happy. I went to work every day and I would sit in my car before getting out and going in and I would pep talk myself. I would actually have to convince myself to get out of the car every day. Mm. And I worked for a leader who created a toxic environment and she led very misaligned. Her words and her actions did never matched up. And so I had a lot of conflicting ideas of like what my life in this organization was going to continue to look like. And at the same time, I was also struggling with infertility. And it was a long, probably five-year battle of trying to start my family. And once I was finally successful in that, and I had my son, I realized that I needed to set a better example for him that if I ever was going to tell him to go after his dreams or, you know, never give up, be resilient, you know, love what you do every day, that he was never going to learn that if my words and my actions were not matching up. So I quit my job. And started my own business. And I've been at it now for 10 and a half years. And I have gone through that evolution, right? My path is no longer a straight path. Mm -hmm. I now when I look to the future, I see a beautiful winding trail. Yeah, always, always they are, right? There's never a straight path. Yeah, it's never a straight path. But I think many of us are raised to believe that it is a straight path. Yeah. That if you go to the school, you work hard, you put in the effort, you do all of these things, that your path is laid out nicely, cleanly in front of you. Since then, I've gotten divorced. I've gotten remarried. I have left my business partner and started new things on my own. I've had so many different changes. And all of it has taught me that there's more than one way to do things yeah. and that it's not necessarily about hard work, but intentional work. Right. Ashley, thank you for sharing your story and thank you for being vulnerable. It always helps to connect with a guest who's actually pouring their heart out. Mm-hmm. I could feel it, even though we're thank sitting you. apart. So sorry for all the, I am sorry, but I'm also sure that you're thankful of yeah. why things happen the way they happen. I mean, by now, knowing, knowing your attitude, that's how I am. It's hard mm-hmm. when you're going through it, always is. But you always have to look at, um, reflect back in the mirror and mm-hmm. things make sense, right? So yep. 
I think let me ask this question because a lot of my listeners are also in a similar position, right? Not exactly your position, but similar position because my listener pool is predominantly first and second generation immigrants, right? And one of the biggest thing they bring with themselves when they leave the country or they're raised by parents who leave their country is the work ethic, work hard, and a lot of shoulds, right? And when I and I can talk about me when I left the country, I went to the best of the engineering school in India. Right, I mean, over the acceptance rate is point zero three percent, and I, I, it was my mission to get in. I got in, lucky. Then I came here, got in the best jobs, got into Columbia Business School for my MBA. Check, 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 check. So on paper, everything looked awesome, mm-hmm. and life was awesome until I got laid off, um, mm-hmm. and everything went through a spiral, right? negative spiral, and it was a rude awakening for me. Right. So in your case, the root of awakening was there's always an external factor that's presented to you as a challenge, which is actually an opportunity, but it's presented to you in a challenging form, because if it's an opportunity, you'll get excited. Life has a way to kick us around. So help us help our listeners to understand. Right. So one of the things that we want to always say is live your life intentionally and taking that a step further, create your opportunities or even if they come in the form of challenges intentionally. Mm-hmm. So you're basically creating the life the way you want it. And if a challenge comes, it's because you designed it. Yeah. Right. Help us understand how would you do that without being externally stimulated? And mm. it should, you could design it for yourself if you were to. Is there a way to do that? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that I reflect a lot on how I have actually done that. So you talked about kind of looking back at the year and there were definitely ups and downs this year, but I feel like I was able to look back and be really grateful on me having the life that I have handcrafted for myself. Mm -hmm. Right. And it doesn't necessarily mean for me right now, abundance and abundance of wealth but I have created time freedom. I have created ease. I've created connection. And the way that I believe we, we find success when we have a plan and when we know how to ask ourselves about what we want, Mm -hmm. how many people actually sit down and truly answer that question? What do I want? Oh, that's a very (laughs) scary question for a lot of people. It is because what if what you want isn't what you have right now? Or I think I would take a second question is of what you want is you've been told that's not right. Yeah. Right. Because we're talking about shoulds. You're Mm -hmm. raised to be a certain person, to be a certain profession, to do a certain thing. But what you want is completely diametrically opposite. Yeah. What do you do? So not very many people ask themselves that question and then listen for the answer. Mm. Right. And that is something that I've really been intentional on and work a lot with my clients on when they come to me, they're kind of, you know, on that hamster wheel (laughs) where you're just spinning, but not really going anywhere. And when I ask them what they want, and teach them how to listen to the answer, that's kind of the starting point. Writing those things down that come to you in those moments of stillness and quiet 
and getting used to listening to that voice that isn't Mm -hmm. telling you all the shoulds, but the voice that is maybe a whisper at first. It's like just trying to be heard. And then from there, when you know what you want, or at least you're curious about it, Mm -hmm. I believe that we really need to create capacity in our days, our weeks, or our months to carve out space to do those things or work towards them, right? It's like setting goals in the new year. If you have a goal and it's just a you know big shiny goal that you put on your wall and you're like, I'm going to go for that goal, but you have no tactics or action steps underneath that lead you to that goal, mm-hmm. it's just going to be a word on the wall. Yeah. And same with what you want. If you want to start your own business, you need to have what that looks like. You know, what do you need to do in order to get there? And I'm a big believer in bite-sized steps, right? Not all or nothing, because many of us, again, think, right, I got to have it all or I don't want any of it. Yeah. And in this time that we're all living of like instant gratification, not only do I want it all, but I want it all right now. Correct. 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 (laughs) And that is a story, um, but it's also a big roadblock for people that we miss out on celebrating the small progress, right? Every little step you take towards your goal or towards living intentionally because you're too focused on the end result. We need to celebrate yeah. steps that got us there. Does that make sense? It does, actually, but I do have a few questions. Yeah. Let's say, hypothetically, uh, my goal is I want to be a billionaire in the next 10 years. Let's just say. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of people, if you ask them, that's their goal. But let's yeah, say, okay. let's play that out for a second, right? I have Is that no... your goal? Is that what you really want? No, no, we're making it up. So, yeah. or, or let's say I want to lose... Now, losing weight is easy because I know what the mental model looks like. Not easy, but in my mind, it's easy. That's why I want to pick a goal where, actually, let's say, let's this way. I want to quit my job in the next five years, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, for me, it has already happened. It took me about five years to get there. That's why we picked that timeline. When I reflect back from what you were talking about, right, that we need to have bite-sized steps. We need to have tactics around it. Mm-hmm. I didn't know when I had that goal five years ago. I had no idea how. Mm-hmm. I did not know how it's going to happen. I just knew it needs to happen, right? Yeah. So that calling within me, that passion within me was so strong that then I found out the how, but it took me a long time to find out the how in like six, seven months of research, talking to people. Maybe that's the how, because I think what people, when you talk about tactics, people get talked about step one is I'm going to do X. Step two is I'm going to do Y. And you do add step one through step 10, and while socket's going to quit his job, right? Yeah. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking yeah. about it's okay to not know the how, but then the first step is to figure out the how, mm-hmm. to talk to somebody who's done that. Or be curious. Yeah. Be like, huh, why do I feel this way? Why do I feel like quitting my job is what I want? Right. Right? Questioning and leaning into that a little bit. And like you said, talking to people, having that support group around you. And, and this has been a big, huge learning for me over the past three years of the value of support, Mm -hmm. not necessarily team members that I've hired and who work with me, but support in terms of coaching, accountability partners, 
other entrepreneurs that I can ask questions to when I'm curious about something. Right. And, and you're right. Tactics don't, isn't a template, right? It's not a, a how to guide, but it's more about the, what do I need to do each day? Mm-hmm. You know, if it, if it is physical fitness or if it is um, mindset work, what do I need to do each day? And maybe it is, setting five minutes aside every day to be quiet with yourself. Ooh, that's a big thing, isn't it? That's like a big ask for a lot of folks that you can't really, like, I don't have the time, although they are on Facebook and TikTok, whatever social platforms are, call for the day, depending on where you live. Yeah, you, you have are. the time. <laughs> Everyone's got the time. It's yep. the pro- I think it's the priority, right? So I think we got to yeah. use the right word, right? I think the part of that, my journey was always call a spade a spade. Mm-hmm. It's not about time. You have the time. It's you haven't prioritized your time to do something else with that. You're choosing to flip on your phone and watch TikTok videos. They're funny. There's a reason why they're addicted because they're funny. They're interesting. It gives you dopamine rush. But is that how you really want to spend your time? Is that getting you somewhere? Maybe your goal is to spend 20 hours on TikTok. Then you're achieving your goal. Maybe. And that's where I talk about what you want and then how you're spending your time doing that. Right. Are you taking, I call it aligned action, right? Are you spending your time in alignment with what your priorities are? Mm-hmm. And if so, then you're on the right track and you're likely going to feel productive and accomplished. Yeah. It's when I talk to clients who are telling me that they don't feel like they've done anything right? I got nothing done today, but I worked for 12 hours. Right. It's like, well, what did you actually spend your time doing then? Right. Let's look at how you're spending your time. It goes back to my first story about my leader who said, said all the right things, but her actions weren't in alignment. And, and bridging that gap is a really key piece to getting you towards that intentional living because now you're spending your time and energy mm-hmm. towards your actual priorities. So actually, I know we're not therapists, um, neither no. you nor I, but <laughs> let's think about that. Why did your manager, and I think from, you mentioned it was uh, her, correct? Yeah. Why was she in a way where the actions and the words were not aligned? Now, if you reflect back, I'm sure at that time it was more emotional for you. Yeah. Uh, but now that you've removed yourself from the situation of 10 to 12 years have passed. If you reflect back, what's causing that? Can't even figure out the right word. Yeah, disconnection. Disconnect. Yeah, that's yeah. a better word. Yeah, that disconnect. I believe a couple of things. I believe that she didn't actually believe what she was saying. Okay. I think that she was reading leadership books right? She was consuming and almost box checking, right? Kind of like what you said before. It's like, oh, yep. Okay. Yeah. I told my team they did a good job. Yep. I'm going to say that we're family friendly. Yep. I'm going to say, go ahead and take your vacation time. But she didn't actually believe that that was the way to lead. She didn't believe that not answering emails on the weekend was okay. Okay right? She didn't believe it. So I think that's first and and foremost, if you don't truly believe and embody it, 
it's never going to align for you. And the other piece is she didn't have coaching. She didn't have a, a mentor or someone that was able to call mm. her out on it, mm. right? Everyone reported to her. So what I have found helpful when I set a goal and I set an intention and I have an accountability partner or my coach, I can say, this is what I want and here's what I think I need to do to get there. And then when I do something like spend five hours on TikTok and not doing my sales calls or not creating my own content, they can say, Hey, Ashley, you said you wanted this, but you're doing this. Yeah. Why? She didn't have anyone to do that. Nobody was saying, Hey, listen, you're saying this, but I just saw you do this to your team. That doesn't make sense. And sometimes we need people as much as that might scare people. I find such value and freedom, almost being empowered to say to somebody, call me on it because I'm working on this, right? I wouldn't have to work on it if I already had it. Does that make sense? You're giving people permission to call you out. Yes. You're giving them, you're allowing them to tell your defects. Yeah. Not an easiest thing to do. Yeah, not in a mean, aggressive, you know, again, we have a lot of negative connotations stuck to the word accountability, mm-hmm. but in a loving way, in a compassionate way that says, Hey, I remember you told me you really wanted this. What's going on? And sometimes it's just the little nudge you need or the little shake or wake up call that you're like, yeah. all right, get off the TikTok." get back onto <laughs> right. right? Right. Do this instead. Yeah. So Ashley, a lot of people have that in their spouse. Maybe I shouldn't say a lot. Mm. I would say a lot of people would say that their spouse is that accountability partner. Why doesn't it work? Okay. So my mind immediately went to, that's just not a good idea <laughs> because, okay. So I won't say a blanket statement. I think sure. if you have a relationship that is truly built on that trust Mm -hmm. and vulnerability where your partner can come to you with compassion rather than judgment. Sure. The challenge when we are so connected to another person, just like our parents Mm -hmm. or siblings, there's a lot of history, right? And so if you say that, You want your spouse to help you get physically fit. Mm -hmm. And then they see you sit on the couch and pop open a bag of Doritos. Speaking from experience, (laughs) that's my (laughs) go-to. And they say, hey, honey, are you sure that's what you want to be doing right now? Mm. It tends to stir up other issues. Right, right. Whereas... An accountability coach or a coach or a friend who isn't in there with you on the day-to-day, it's a different relationship and you can put better guardrails on it. True. Right? On on what they're commenting on, whereas oftentimes our spouse is there for all the things. Correct. Correct. And you don't need to be called out on every single slip-up. It's about consistency. I love that. I think that completely makes sense, right? So I think you got to, I think what we're kind of like, 
the thing that I'm taking the most from that last few minutes of discussion really is it's not important just to have an accountability partner it's important to have the right accountability partner mm-hmm. right yes because a lot of people can hold you accountable but is it being done in a way that's constructive for you for you yeah. and that's yeah. why the determination of who needs to hold you accountable has to come from you who needs to yeah. be held accountable right because a person yeah. for me may not be the right person for you right. for whatever reason it could be so how does one find an accountability partner right <laughs> Yeah. So I found my accountability partners in a couple of different ways. I've done it with my own personal coach. So I've said to her, like, here's what I need. Can you hold me accountable? And here's the best ways again to hold me accountable. Right. So very specific. I know what I need. I've also found it through group coaching when I've been in groups, finding the person who you align with. And even if it is over Zoom or online, you can usually tell based on other people's energy and their you know, yeah. mutual interests. So I have sought out and been sought out by other people in groups that I'm a part of. So that's how I have tend to have done it, where it's a situation built on the fact that we're going to support one another. Mm-hmm. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Ashley, what are some of the frameworks that you can share with us? I know it's probably a months and months of conversation, mm-hmm. but in the next several minutes, if you can give us some of your most go-to frameworks that when yeah. you're engaging with your clients, because I think the business you're in, you're probably dealing with alpha males and alpha females, right? Yeah. So they don't want to hear, either they don't want to bring their emotions out or they don't want to agree that they missed something. Like the example that you had that, 12 hours, I'm working hard, I'm not productive. It's probably not a day one conversation, right? The day one conversation is I'm doing everything important. Everything I do in my life is important, mm. uh, right? So yeah. how do you, when you're approaching that, because I, I think a lot of the folks that are listening to this conversation are probably in the same high-performing individuals. They're working, either they're great business owners or thinking of mm. starting one, or they are employed at the Googles and the Amazons of the world, Right. So that's a listener base. They're already high performance. So how do you ask them to take a pause, which is is important, which I think we have established, we can do it. But where did they go from there? Mm -hmm. So I love kind of what you said. And, And for those that are listening, I guess my one piece is listen, if you can, feel what feels out of alignment for you. If you are listening to this going, this is not me, I am crushing it in every aspect of my life, then congratulations, like you're Mm -hmm. doing it. That's awesome. Keep doing what you're doing. But if you're listening to this and you're thinking, yeah, I'm distracted all the time. My team is always interrupting me. My clients are constantly, you know, needing me. I'm missing things at home. Maybe you have kids and you're crushing it at work, but you're missing every sporting event, or you're missing the recitals, or you're missing things, and you don't want to miss things. If there's that gap for you, then that's a time to get curious on how to get more harmony in your life. Mm -hmm. When I start working with people, we do a life map assessment. And so that's our first step. Number one, we do a life map assessment. And from there, I'm able to go through it with my clients and pinpoint exactly where in their life they're feeling most out of alignment. Mm -hmm. Those bullseye points that kind of say like, pay attention to me. That's where we start. 
And we do that through creating a plan. Okay. Because again, I believe nothing really gets done if we don't have a plan for mm -hmm. it. So creating a plan, how many times a day, a week or month do we need to create space in your calendar to do this work? Yeah. When we start digging into calendars, this is where I get a lot of resentment or resistance from people on, I don't have time. So we do that time audit. I teach a lot about time blocking. Mm -hmm. um, so how to maximize how we're using our time so that we create that capacity. And then we're making sure that those healthy habits are being done consistently. So that's where I come in as that accountability partner and coach. And then the other piece that I layer into all of the work I do, and this makes some people squirm a little bit. So hear me out. We do a lot of releasing old stories, releasing, as we said, the shoulds mm -hmm. or the root causes as to why we believe we need to work 70 hours a week in order to be successful. So we do that either through breath work or hypnotherapy. So I guide people to release and then that way we know what is standing in their way and we can work actively towards removing those barriers. Got it. Wow. I didn't, you threw that out of the left field. I didn't realize I did. that. I mean, I, I just did. did a hypnotherapy session myself. I loved it. I did a quantum healing hypnosis therapy and I loved that session, like a nine hour session. Mm, uh, a lot of stuff came out. A lot of stuff came out. It's so valuable. And I do, I do save it. A little bit. I keep it in my back pocket. I never, ever, ever force my clients to yeah. do that work. Breath work, we can do a little bit easier, I find. But for those clients who, if we're going through and we keep hitting the same block, yeah, you know, the same thing keeps coming up about time or about, well, I can't go away for the weekend because I need to be there for my kids. Or if I stop doing this, everything's going to fall apart we keep hitting the same block, I'll suggest that we, you know, look deeper into the hypnotherapy because there's something deep within your subconscious that is holding you back. Mm -hmm. And once it's gone, it is such a freeing feeling. Yeah. And then you learn how to actually self-coach. That's the ultimate goal is to be able to be hit with a challenge or be hit with a bump in the road and be able to self-coach your, your way through it. And nice. that's amazing. How much time does it take to get to, let me ask this, and I don't know if you have the stat. Yeah. What percentage of your clients, of your people that you work with, stop at step three, which is really mm. the time management, right? And then they don't have to go through the therapy. Or I shouldn't call it therapy. The releasing session is probably the better way of saying it. I, I don't want to call anything a therapy because that has a negative connotation. Yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah. So what percentage actually have to do that? And what kind of personalities, is there a pattern that you have figured out that you, before you even engage with them, you kind of already know that we're going to go to step four. Someone like you has done it for a long time. I'm pretty sure that you have this intuition built into you that most of the time that intuition becomes a reality. Mm -hmm. Be like really upfront. I will say 95% of my clients are excited 
about hypnotherapy and breathwork as part of my awesome. coaching offering. Awesome. They don't seem like the types who would, because like you said, high achievers, mm -hmm. they're very rooted in this, in some of their beliefs, yeah. but they come to me because they're curious about that. They come to me because they are ready for something to change. Mm -hmm. They know that the life they're living right now is not sustainable and something's off. Yeah right? They've been on that hamster wheel. They've missed the things. They don't sometimes even know who they are and they're ready for that radical change. Right. And it's, yes, time management is going to help. Yes, setting strong boundaries is going to help, but we also have to release and it all comes together. And is that change sustainable? Have you tracked it? Have I tracked it? Yeah. So I will say that I will even talk for myself because this is how I coached myself and the tools I put in place for myself when I was ready for that radical change. I worked with a business coach who was also a bit of a life coach. And then I layered in hypnotherapy. So mm -hmm. I did the two together and I actually had my hypnotherapist and my coach collaborate. Wow. So That's not knowing, yeah. not knowing what I was doing, I was actually creating my coaching program right. <laughs> by combining the two. And now I believe like I'm a really great example of it is I can self-coach my way through things. Mm -hmm. I can set goals for myself. I still time block and hugely strategic with how I spend my time. Do I sometimes veg out on the couch and eat Doritos? Sure. 100%. Yeah. Right? Because sometimes yeah. that is what you I have need. To. Yeah. Rest. But even is that's part strategic. Of my priority. But that's strategic. Yes. It's not just because you want to do it. It's even that yeah. is strategic. Absolutely. Yeah. I get my kids, you know, hockey games, his basketball, his baseball. I, I show up because that's why I started my business. Right. I started my business for financial freedom, for time freedom and for connection with my family. And that's what I focus on. Isn't that interesting? Most of us in the rut of the life, because everyone's, we're trying, we're all high achievers, mm. right? And we forget our why. And the only thing we're chasing after that is success. And success is never ending chase, mm -hmm. right? Because today you may make 100K, tomorrow you may make a million dollars, day after tomorrow you make $10 million, there's never going to be enough success because there's yeah. always going to be someone more successful than you. Yep. It's just never going to end, right? And the connection with why, which I think mm. it goes back to our previous question, is nobody takes, most people are not willing. They're capable, but they're not willing to take that time to ask that question, deeper question, why are they doing what they're doing? Mm -hmm. And whatever they're doing, is it serving their why? Yeah. I think really boils down to two key questions as an initial start and then your framework on top of it, time blocking, time auditing, I think has been one of the most powerful tool. I met with somebody and I don't know how you do that uh, with your clients, Ashley. It's really a 15 minute increment. I've seen somebody who's doing five minutes. I'm like, that's like a lawyer. I can't do that. Yeah. Um, if unless I'm billing for five minutes. Yes, unless I'm billing for five minutes, I'm not doing it. So 15 minutes, 15 minute increments, it really shows up. And I think mm -hmm. for 
I would invite out my audience. I would love to see what your thoughts are. If they do nothing else, they should do it to a time audit because yeah. it's going to tell them and your calendar shows your life. Yep. Right. And yep. if you're not doing. I'm a doing... big believer in everything's in your calendar. And I tell all my clients to ditch the to-do list. I agree. I don't have a to-do Get list. Get rid of it. No, nope. yeah. me neither. Everything's neither. on the calendar. Yeah. And this is great too for those leaders out there who have a team. Right. If you are hearing things from your team about how overwhelmed they are, how busy they are, how they don't feel like they have enough time, as a leader, my red flags go off saying they don't know how to manage their time. Right. Or they need support. Should rephrase that. They need support in learning some tools to manage their time better. Mm -hmm. Because we all have the same amount of time. Right. So it's a great tool for teams to do together. And I've actually gone into businesses and done this with leaders and their teams so that they're all working on the same kind of framework of how to block their time. And what comes up there is, okay, boundaries. Now we're not going to drop everything when you ask me a question sure. because I'm focused on this. Yeah. Right. This is yeah. what I have carved out. And it's such a interesting exercise to do. So yeah, if you do take nothing else from this, doing a time audit and ditching that belief that you don't have enough time. Yeah. Actually, what are some of the common misbeliefs that you have found? Are there top five that keeps coming up? You know, I'm going to make up some, I don't know if they're right or wrong. I'm not enough. I will never be successful. My life sucks. Whatever the stories are. What are some of the top five or six stories that you keep hearing, regardless of who the person is, which is the core? They may be saying something, but the why behind the why is really something within them. They don't feel enough. What are some of yeah. those top four or five? Yeah, so time for sure is my number one. I don't have time for that. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's belief number one. Second, that being busy, they love being busy, but they complain about it, right? I'm, yeah. I'm so busy. How are you? Busy, right? right. How's life? Busy. busy. And they wear busy as a badge of honor, mm. right? And then I would say it's the, I'm, I can't set boundaries. Sure. No one will respect them, right? Mm -hmm. I can't. I can't communicate that right? No one will listen. Mm. And, and then the last, you kind of said it already is the, I'm not good enough to do that. Mm. Right. Wow. This belief that this is just the way it is, right? It's just the way it is. I'm never going to have time. It's just the way it is. I'm too busy. It's just the way it is. No one's going to listen to me. All of that is, is a just the way it is kind of belief. Yeah. And and it is such a roadblock holding people back. So it's really the assumptions, right? I think it's going back to the, the stories we've been telling. We've been conditioned mm -hmm. somehow in our life to believe these things to be true. Yeah. And uh, most of the time, I would say, at least in my interactions, in my own journey, they're not true. No. They're not true. And even make up proof. Yeah. 
right? I think brain's so, a powerful thing. Whatever you tell, it'll make it true. Yes, yeah. right. If you get laid off, it's like, see, told see, I'm you, not good I'm not good enough. Yeah, right. You can't cut. You find examples in your life to prove yourself right. Right. Except when you're doing something good. Hmm. Right. So it's instead of saying, you know, I quit my job. Look how empowered I am. Look at how I can right. create a different path for myself. Right, right. We hold on to the negative. I think I'm going to go to a quick question, which is probably going to open up another 15, 20 minutes of conversation. So I'm going to stop uh, <laughs> yeah. because I love this conversation. I think this is, uh, that's why I love doing this podcast because I get more help. Uh, by talking to people <laughs> yeah, like yourself. Yeah, free support, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It is a free support, isn't it? I love that. So, Ashley, we're coming towards the end of this session now. Help us understand one thing, right? How can people mm. work with you? Because I know part of that, you know, there's, again, a story that my coach has to be local or the hypnotherapy has to be done on a couch lying down, right? Mm. There's so many stories that we tell because we've seen movies or seen something where that's how it's been done and that becomes our reality. So yeah. you being in Ontario and uh, our client base, our listener base may not be in Canada yet. Eventually there will be. How can somebody, if they want to work with you and talk with you more, how can they work with you? Yeah, so I love that. And I will just say my hypnotherapist is in South Africa. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So never, ever have I ever met her face to face someday. Mm -hmm. But so yeah, dispelling that belief. But the best way to work with me, if you want to reach out, you can connect with me at my email. So that's usually the best. So it's Ashley, A-S-H-L-E-E at ourforte, O-U-R-F-O-R-T-E dot C-A, because I'm Canadian, mm -hmm. dot C-A. And I do everything virtually. So all the coaching calls, the hypnotherapy, breath work, all of it can be done virtually. And I have three month programs to really help you accelerate and get you the life you want right now. And it's really meant for high achievers who are willing to take action. If you are looking for a template or someone to do the work for you, I'm not your girl. But if you are really committed to wanting to see what the other way is, to get the life you want, then I would love to talk to you. Well, I really hope people take uh, opportunity to connect with you because I think things you've shared, and I've been on my personal journey. I've actually lived with monks in India for two years, right? And I'm so still cool. on that journey of self finding myself. And even for me, the amount of the nuggets you have dropped, I, I extract a whole lot of value from that. So I really feel mm -hmm. the hope that people take you up on your offer and they connect with you, learn with you more, and uh, take you up on that remote hypnotherapy session. Yeah, um, maybe I think I'm going to have to maybe uh, connect with you and give you a free sample. I would love that, Ashley. I would love yeah. that. So, Ashley, towards the end of the show, we always end the show with two questions. Yeah. Right. One of the question is, if you were to go back in life, I, I think I know your answer. If you were to go back to your 20 year old self or 15-year-old self, and you were to tell them what's one thing they can do to make their migration in life more intentional, more productive, what is that one thing that you would share mm. with them? It would be to spend more time 
being quiet with yourself, to know that you already have the answer within you. You don't need everyone else on the outside to give you the answer. Learn how to get the answer for yourself. I love that because I think there's, there's, there's a lot of value in that, right? I mean, I've lived my life with that. I was expecting a very different answer, but I'm glad you answered that way, which is is always good because it's kind of like funny in 20 minutes, what can you figure out over somebody else? Right. So I think that's great. Now, how would you advise them to create that space, that empty space, that silent space? Yeah. So what I do now and what I really think even me in my 15, 20 years is go into nature. That's what works for me. Mm -hmm. I find I find so much peace and quiet and stillness when I'm by the water or if I'm on a hiking trail, something like that, just to really be quiet and journal. 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 The writing. We need to talk at some point about how to journal. I think there's so much phobia about journaling. I don't know why, but there's so much phobia that it's, I think there's, again, a story that's what, that was told to somebody it's long time ago. Yeah, um, pe- people think it's got to be full sentences and yeah, nice writing and yeah. profound. I have literally spent time in my journal writing, I don't know what to write. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that is journaling. You don't know that's what to write. You're being truthful. Yep. Yeah. So second question, last question, Ashley, is yeah. if you were empowered to make that one wish for the humanity to migrate towards, what would you ask that? What would your wish be? For people to be kinder to one another and themselves. Hmm. I really believe that if we started with ourselves and were kind in the way we spoke to ourselves, in the way we treated ourselves, that it would be easier for us to be truly kinder to others and to care about what other people's experience is like, you know, when we bump into them in the grocery store or when we're driving or when they're coming to work every day. For us, if we were happier and kinder to ourselves, I really think that we would be kinder and happier towards other people. That's such a powerful statement, right? Because Mm -hmm. I think people have heard about kindness to others. A lot of people say that. I yeah. think what you're also saying is, you're also emphasizing is be kind to yourself. Yeah. Because that's can't not... give what you don't have. Yeah, you can't, right? Yeah, otherwise, it's going to be like your manager, where mm-hmm. there's going to be a disconnect. You are try, yeah. Your words are kind, but your actions are not kind. Yeah, exactly. Right? Awesome. On that note, Ashley, thank you again for talking to our audience and talking to me. You have yeah, thrown you. in tons of valuable uh, nuggets. I hope that people could actually take advantage of that. And somebody would, actually, most of the audience, I'm hoping that at least they'll have an email exchange with you to understand what more you have to offer. On that note, thank, thank you, Ashley, again. I'd love the conversation. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasurable hour. If you got value from this episode, you might consider sharing this content with a friend. But most importantly, be sure to take action on what you've learned. One way you can take the next step is to connect directly with Socket on an investor call. That link is waiting for you in the show notes below. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Please consult your own advisors when making any investment decisions. 
Keep listening. We'll see you on the next episode.